At Battery Bill, we power everything by battery. It's not if an emergency happens, but when. Are you ready? Be prepared for this hurricane season. Having backup power ready for these necessities, home, refrigerator, and phone are essential for peace of mind to have uninterrupted power during an emergency. Do you need an affordable, reliable backup power solution? We have it. Goal Zero, Jackery, and EcoFlow. Reliable, innovative, and affordable. Power when you need it. Battery Bill, Mapuna Puna, Nimitz, and Hilo. Battery Bill. All right, how's it going, everybody? It is episode 107 here on Hawaii Football Now. Jordan Helly Hunter Hughes back with you. Our guy Jonathan working the controls as usual, keeping us right on track as we power through three games in to the 2023 season already. Big thanks to Spectrum Mobile, Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, and Battery Bill for sponsoring this week's episode. We record this Wednesday, September 13th, just after 7 a.m. Hawaii time set to release this our usual day on Thursday. That'll be tomorrow, September 14th. We'll recap the Albany win, first win of the season for the University of Hawaii, and uh, preview what likely will be the toughest opponent for Hawaii all season long as they take a trip up to Eugene, Oregon to take on the Oregon Ducks this week, Saturday. Uh, but before we get going, quick little opening drive, a little more informational. Um, if you're listening to us, you probably don't need this announcement, but maybe you can tell your friends. Um, we got a little YouTube issue going on with uh, with the ESPN Honolulu channel in whole. Uh, it's not available right now. Uh, so if you usually view the podcast there, um, and I know there's a, a fair amount of you, uh, like to watch the premiere uh, that's always really cool for us, um, or uh, or check it out there. That's usually where we get the most interaction with listeners and viewers as well via the comments. Uh, so that's a bit of a bummer for us, a little less engagement, but you can still catch everything, or you still can catch us on everything else, right? You can listen to us on your favorite podcast app. You can catch us on Facebook. You can listen to us uh, on the Sideline Hawaii app or on the, uh, the ESPN Honolulu website. Uh, but our apologies there. Um, some much smarter technical people uh, are working on that uh, and efforting, including our guy Jonathan, who's working a little, little extra, trying to get the uh, the page back up. The whole tech thing's weird uh, in terms of what they allow, what they don't allow, what gets taken down, what gets left up. Uh, but right now, we're not on YouTube, uh, so our apologies, and uh, we're hoping to be back on YouTube soon. Uh, so if you have found this, if you're a usual YouTube watcher, viewer, uh, and you have found us on whatever you're listening to us or viewing us now, thank you. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe just uh, maybe tell a friend for now. And uh, hopefully by this time next week, we'll, we'll be back on YouTube. I can't guarantee that um, because that is way above my pay grade. Uh, but again, our apologies there. And you can still drop us a comment on uh, Facebook. You can still hit us up on Twitter, uh, Instagram, you know, where we uh, where we post little links to the show as well. Uh, different ways to get in touch with us. So uh, sorry about that. Uh wanted to let you know right off the bat. Um, and it's just kind of kind of is what it is. So we uh, we apologize for that. But we will get into the content here uh, in just a second as we remind you that Hawaii Football Now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators. Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since become Hawaii's largest credit union and expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health, including healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit hawaiiusafcu.com. All right, game time here on episode 107. Jordan Hunter along with you. Hawaii picking up win number one on the season, moving to one and two so far in the 2023 campaign. Hawaii 31 Albany 20, a hard fought victory. You kind of had the feeling, you know, it's a good Albany team. Uh, I think that it's going to be pretty competitive in what is a really tough conference, that Coastal Athletic Alliance, formerly the Colonial Athletic Alliance. Uh, Hawaii ends up covering as seven and a half point favorites. They're now two and one against the spread and uh, first time in their three games this season. The under hits at 57 and a half. Um, the over now two and one on the Hawaii football season. All right, we'll get into a little bit of a recap here in just a second. But initial takeaways, Hunter, it was a game that Hawaii had to grind out to win, trailed it a couple of different times in the first half, 
took a lead late, gave up the lead late in the in this first half in the second quarter, entered the locker room at 17 all. Um outscored Albany, right? 14 to 3 in the second half. Had to kind of gut it out. It was a costly win. Some injuries we'll get to here in a second. A uh, little bittersweet, I think, probably a fair way to put it, uh, especially hearing from from Coach Chang. Uh, but what were what were some of your initial takeaways after um you know, taking that one in field side on Saturday. The word that's coming to mind, Jordan, is sloppy. Sloppy across the board. Um, personal foul penalties. Um, holding penalties. I mean, we had 11 penalties for over 100 yards of, of uh, penalty yards. It just was not a game that I felt was um reflective of championship level football and um whenever we play an fcs opponent it's usually our opportunity to show our strengths show what type of a team that we're trying to become um on top of that we had uh we had three interceptions um as an offense uh however we did we did take away the ball twice, which was very encouraging. Um, again, you, you asked about my perspective on the sideline. I know we'll probably get in, into this a little bit later. Um, the sloppiness extends beyond just the, uh, the field. Um, not impressed with our team's uh, discipline. Uh, I was not impressed with our uh, mood on the sideline at times. I mean, the, the team felt dead when we were in a close game against you, Albany. And I, I get it. You're wanting to, you're wanting to smash this team, but Hey, they came ready to play. And that Poffenbarger kid can play some football. Oh my goodness. Um, that one play right in front of you and I, when he rolled out uh, with the guy on him dragging and put it right on the chest of his receiver. And the guy dropped the football. Um <laughs> It, it easily could have uh, gone the distance this game with the way that, that we were playing and also with uh, kind of the grit that you uh, Albany was showing. But uh, along with that, there was some chippiness down the stretch as well. Um, I think starting from you Albany, but not necessarily diffused from our team. And we kind of stooped to their level there. So I don't know, Jordan. Um, it's kind of a, uh, mixture of emotions for me thinking back to that U Albany game because uh uh yes it's a win a win is a win we need to get that that done first and foremost but uh it was ugly if you ask me yeah and and I think going in you know my my sense and we, we talked a little bit on the podcast last week but it, I thought it was gonna be a tough game you know I mean again Hawaii was basically a touchdown favorite in this game they weren't favored to go out there and just you know run all over albany and we saw what the great danes did the week before in in huntington west virginia against marshall where they led a, a decent marshall team for a bunch of that game and and defensively held uh, a good thundering herd rushing attack in check for about three quarters you mm -hmm. know and so they this this is a this is a quality team it's well coached um they do what they do well defensively right they kind of keep everything in front of them they um they take the football away that pick six uh and then offensively it, it really kind of orbits around Poppenbarger and for the most part I thought Hawaii's defense did a pretty good job right that that dropped uh would have been huge play it was big uh but outside of the the one zone read where they didn't cover their assignments well that Poppenbarger took to the house from about 30 yards out <clears throat> they kind of kept him in check and, and we'll get into the numbers here in just a second and so I thought there was a lot of positives there the injuries are going to be tough there's cool. no doubt about that to overcome um but I, I thought the defense did their job in a lot of ways right the, the Albany scores 20 but the defense gives up 13 um when you boil it down right after the you, you remove the pick six from it um offensively still a little disjointed at times ran the ball in total better but ran the ball or didn't run the ball that well when they needed to right third and short fourth and short and so there are a lot of things that they need to clean up the penalties no doubt about it the pass protection essential uh and we'll get into that here as we go throughout the episode uh little game recap we mentioned Hawaii winning by 11 
Uh, an early block punt led to a field goal. So again, special teams, I think, has improved each week as well. Um, and it's nice to see them come up with with one of those game-changing type plays right early on, Carson Pukunu, uh, with the blocked punt. The kid makes Cavi- plays, man. He does. He's all over the place, right? I love it. Um, the Lahaina boy. Um, the, the, the one caveat to that, Hawaii getting the ball in deep plus territory after the blocked field goal settled. Uh, excuse me. Blocked punt, settled for a field goal, couldn't get into the end. So, uh, took an early three nothing lead. Then Albany responded, took a seven three lead, um, and then Albany also led it fourteen to ten at one point before entering halftime tied at seventeen. We mentioned UH outscoring Albany by eleven in the second half, fourteen to three. Um, we'll get into let's start with the defense here this week because I thought they played pretty well, and that's obviously the loss of Logan Taylor's going to be huge right first two takeaways of the season for the defense four total sacks nine total tackles for loss they did a nice job they did a nice job keeping albany in check uh albany runs it for 124 yards on 36 carries so 3.4 yards per mm-hmm. carry pretty decent number there uh and held albany to just 115 passing yards uh in this ball game albany 7 of 18 on third down over two on fourth down uh, Reese Poffenbarger in the game, 10 of 31 for 93 yards and an interception. They did the job, I'd say, in that regard. And then 47 yards rushing and the touchdown, the long touchdown run as well. Uh, so they were aggressive. Uh, they created some turnovers, uh, including that big one, right? The Noah Campbell fumble recovery. He finished with three tackles. Isaiah Tufunga had eight. Peter Manuma had, uh, excuse me, Isaiah Tufunga had six. Peter Manuma had eight tackles. Logan Taylor, seven tackles, two for loss. Uh, Jojo Forrest expanded role with the absence of Cam Stone for the time being. He had four tackles and three pass breakups, right? I thought he played in coverage pretty well uh, for the most part. Ezra Evi Mal, a little breakout game for him. Three tackles for loss, two sacks. Uh, Noah Kemo, we talked about. Elijah Palmer continues, I think, to be a nice heartbeat for this team. You want to talk about maybe some subdued um, energy on the sideline? Now that guy, that guy, that guy wants business all the time. Uh, and and I think, you know, maybe some guys need to get in line and, and um, you know, ride that train a little bit because Palmer brings – he brings it. He's not a big dude at all, uh, but, man, he brings it out there. I love the way that guy plays. Nalu Emerson, right, he's probably going to get some run uh, a little bit more. He had a sack late. Uh, Tariq Jones, uh, another guy who has gotten a lot of experience over the last couple of years, he had a sack as well. And so I wanted to start there with the defense, Hunter, and then obviously the Logan Taylor conversation. but. It was a group that that lived in the backfield much more frequently than we saw against Stanford. Different opponent. I get it. Um, but a little bit more of what we saw, I think, against Vanderbilt, right? A, a lot of negative plays created against the Commodores. Didn't come up with a turnover. They come up with two in this game, the Palmer interception, and then that huge Kemma fumble recovery. They really kind of put the game on ice late uh, and also came shortly after the Logan Taylor injury, which was a huge blow, right? I mean, you want to talk about taking the air out of a sideline. Um, but what do you make of the defensive effort here? Again, they give up just 13 points, basically, on that side of the football. Two turnovers forced, four sacks, nine tackles for loss uh, for this group to help lead the way to uh, victory number one. Yeah, pretty good day at the office for our defense, um, especially after coming off of uh, what felt like dominating offensive effort from Stanford and in tempo, in different schemes, diff- different looks. Uh, we, we, it looked like our defense didn't know our head from a hole in the ground. And it felt like it kept our coaches guessing. Wasn't necessarily the case here against uh, Albany. Obviously, we would love a complete shutout or uh, keeping a team under 100 total yards. But um, again, Poffenbarger was an athlete. Um, we're, I'm thankful that we got to him a little bit otherwise that kid had heart Jordan I I could have I could have totally seen him find a way to kind of claw them back into that ball game so um yeah I thought uh I thought the effort was was good there on on the defensive side of the football again never really been an issue with uh energy uh excitement heart on the defensive side of the football I I Moore was reserving that critique to the offense. Um, 
pretty disappointed with uh, what I was seeing over there. But we're we're talking defense just for a second. Uh, always good to get takeaways, man. It it charges the stadium. It uh, completely turns the tide of the emotions of the game. Um, again, I thought that uh, Elijah Palmer's interception was a phenomenal just athlete play. Um, he was on his receiver in kind of a deep man coverage and pulled off of him almost like a center fielder losing the ball in the lights and then kind of adjusted his his running route and then caught the ball. Um, that was uh, that, that was cool because not often do you see DBs with the presence of mind to turn their hat back to the football. Um, I was, uh, I was impressed seeing that. And then uh, obviously I think the most uh, uh, exciting play of the game was the fumble recovery that uh, in my opinion, probably should have gone the distance. Um, but uh great effort by a U Albany old lineman to track down. Uh, was it, uh, um, was it Tufaga? That that had it, or was it uh, Noah Kema? Noah Kema, yeah, that's right. Um, that that uh, I'm sure they're giving him a little bit of uh, a little bit of crap for getting tracked down by an old lineman uh, inside the ten. But uh, um, yeah, anytime that you can scoop something up like that and go in the other direction, it's gonna feel like uh, like things are going in your direction. So yeah, I think I think that was really encouraging. Um, we got through the line of scrimmage pretty well. Felt like we got decent pressure, um, some tackles for loss as well. Uh, I was also impressed with our third down defense. It, it felt like we carried the stick out there and uh, we're kind of forcing you all at times to bend to our will um, versus uh, the, the other way around. So that was certainly encouraging, but um Jordan, I, I can't delay it anymore, man. The the blow is uh, losing Logan Taylor for uh, the remainder of our season. Um, Steven Sy reported uh, yesterday, again, we, re we record this on Wednesday morning, that uh, Logan Taylor did suffer an ACL tear and is going to miss the remainder of our 2023 season. So, um, of course, Logan means way more to our team than just being our mic um he's the vocal spiritual heart and soul of our football team so not having him out there in uniform just sucks um i'm sure they're going to find a way to still bring him probably on road trips for what he means to this ball team and uh just how vocal he is uh I think our sideline desperately needs him to come up and up and down, kind of chewing people out. <laughs> we we don't have anybody besides him to do that. He, he carries that role. So um, yeah, huge blow right there. But the positive, if you can pull anything out of that is that uh, his injury came before our fourth game, which means he'll be here next season if he chooses to. So um there is one caveat there that I think is important to look at. It's um, one of those things, right? You just, you, you can't replace a Logan Taylor. He is the heartbeat of that defense. He is the team's leading tackler, um, basically, since he stepped into that role. And so, yeah, you want him around as much as possible. He's, he's now basically another assistant coach. Um, trying to get these guys ready right uh, in that lion's den. It'll be interesting to see because, you know, there's there's a little bit of symmetry to it where the reason he got his chance last year was because of injury, right? And right. and he he didn't look back. And, and you know, and, and they'll likely get another season next year. At least that's the hope. Um, And could be coming back. But now other guys will get opportunities, right? Guys like Noah Kemma are going to play a lot more. Um, and, and that'll be big shoes to fill. And hopefully they can step in and, and have a similar impact or at least get the job done similarly to how Logan Taylor did last year when, when he got his opportunity when Isaiah Tufango went down. So it, it's going to be all hands on deck there. It'll be week to week, I think, as to how they go ahead and replace a guy like Logan Taylor 
um you know i'm curious you know what what your thoughts are in terms of if of on field right with guys like Kemma, you know jemai otis right the young freshman um who's listed on the two deep you know depending on what they what kind of personnel they line up in um obviously this week's going to be a an interesting barometer because of because right. of it being Oregon right yeah um but for for this defense trying to not just replace the intangibles but the the very real tangibles on the field um you know where where do they kind of turn to here um Kim has gotten a lot of playing time early on obviously started the game and played a bit because of Isaiah Tufanga's um availability in the first half right he wasn't able to play because of the the target penalty against Stanford so um there's a guy who's gotten a lot of run there um kind of like Logan Taylor prior and and now he gets to uh to step into those shoes yeah it's um it's difficult to say Jordan and I think the the reason uh, for my hesitation is really just because of uh Logan Taylor coming out of nowhere last year where they they were not expecting him to start. Uh, they were looking at Tufaga as being our main Mike middle linebacker. And um, that was the plan. And so um, really difficult to say who's going to fill those shoes. Um, but that's also kind of what comes with the territory with playing football at University of Hawaii is it's always been next man up. Uh UH is not a place that operates well off of big egos. Um, it's uh, It always does better around the context of playing football as a family. And uh, a lot of different guys kind of help carry the load and the weight of, of a team. And so we see that on offense right now. I mean, how many different receivers caught a pass this last week? Um, we're... I like to use the word we're 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 using a a cabinet of receivers right now. And so I think our defense um in kind of a, a similar conversation is needing to be led by a cabinet right now. I think there's a handful of guys uh looking for opportunities and um a couple others that you know we really haven't seen uh break out uh all that much. You know, I I think of guys like um, uh, who's the transfer from Cal, Jordan. Um, oh, uh, he's a Taki. That's right. Um, who you saw on the sideline? He's an absolute specimen uh, for us. Uh, any way that we could get him involved, uh, you can't teach big. <laughs> Cannot teach big. And I'm sure he would love to uh, put a pound in on a few people. Another one that we're still waiting on uh, what he can provide for our defense is uh, Wyndon Hauli. Um, again, th- we kind of have him listed on the D-line. Same with uh, his Hitake, but both those guys could operate in kind of a um, an edge linebacker, uh, Pene Pavi'i kind of a role right there. Um and maybe some guys will be asked to uh, shift around a little bit. Um, and so I, I, I think of those guys just in the context of we need help, guys. Um, we're, we're in the middle of season now. Uh, it's still at the beginning of season, to be fair. And uh, unfortunately, we just got cracked in the mouth. And uh, we're bleeding a little bit. And who's going to be the guy? Who's going to carry the logs, Jordan? <laughs> Who's going to carry the boats? Um, it, it really will be, I think, a mixture of guys who wants to raise their hand metaphorically and go take this thing by the reins. Yeah, um, I, I think those are, are really good names to bring up because, you know, they could help big time, right? And I, as we talked about Kemma, Naldo Emerson, Jemai Otis, I think will um, will be asked a lot to uh to kind of fill the shoes of logan taylor uh, and more work for us bro like we're not going to be able to just uh hang our hat on logan taylor you know on yeah that's true so that is true Uh, a lot of the positives you brought up about the defense um i'll kind of use this more as a segue but the the 
the one thing that I think they've got to clean up are the the penalties won and the the untimely penalties, right? You think back to that um, drive late in the second quarter yep. that was extended because of penalty, you know, uh, that led to the tying field goal from Albany. Um, some some real ill-timed penalties, <clears throat> some discipline-type penalties, right, laying off of guys, avoiding the late hits. Like, that has to get cleaned up. Um, you know, Coach Chang addressed that kind of head-on, right, and took a lot of responsibility for that um, in the post game, They had 11 total penalties, did Hawaii, in the football game. And uh, eight of them were in the first half. And so you saw the difference, right? The second half much cleaner just three penalties and they outscore albany 14 to th or 11 to 3 whatever on the 14 to 3 in the second half as opposed to being tied like you clean some things up you play a little more disciplined football it's amazing what happens right 11 yeah. penalties total for 100 yards this a week after the stanford game where they had 144 yards of penalty yardage on 11 flags there as well and so 22 penalties 244 yards of penalties in two weeks that's it's not good it's not going to get the job done. Um, and so it's a group that's got to clean that up. Like they're they're talented enough, I think, to to be competitive in a lot of football games. But when you shoot yourself in the foot like that, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And I think you could sense a bit of that frustration from Coach Chang after the game. Um, and, you know, whatever it takes this week to get the guys going, get the guys in line, get the guys, you know, towing the right line. Um, I know that they were they were looking at that for sure. Um, some of the numbers. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Hunter. Sorry, just real quick. But while we're on the the subject of kind of cleaning some things up, um, I think it was pretty obvious to those who were in attendance at that game. Um, some maturity needs to be learned, probably across the board uh, by our team, but specifically by our um, our free safety, Peter Monuma. Um, uh, that personal foul uh, was was drawn by him late in the first half that ultimately set up Albany for that field goal that tied the game. Um, that can't happen. That cannot happen to someone who was a stud for us last year, who has the makings of a phenomenal safety for, like I'm talking all-time safety level um, at University of Hawaii with playing as a freshman and uh, um, what he could provide for our team down the stretch. Uh, you know, when that player ran into the wall, Jordan, and I think you and I have a different vantage point because we're down there on the field and we're close to the action. Um, when that player ran into the wall, I'm talking to Albany receiver ran into that, uh, that padding on the, uh, the Southwest corner of the end zone. Um, he was seen laughing and kind of gloating about that. And again, we're playing football we're, we're getting violent out there and it's uh it's a passionate kind of a thing. I totally understand that. Um, there's time for that. And then there's time to be a leader and uh, act like you've been there before. So in a, a team that's desperately needing guys to step up in leadership, specifically from our starters, the guys that provide value on the field. Um, I don't think it's off putting to uh, call him to be more. Yeah, he's we saw it last year. The dude's a hell of a player, Animal. you know. And and I think that's uh, you know a bit of a microcosm for the team, right? A lot of talent out there, just reining it in. Like you, yep. you're gonna play with a lot of emotion, especially at that position. Um, but you got to be able to you got to be able to toe the line. You got to be able to play right on the edge, without it being detrimental, right? And and that's gonna be a huge part about it. Um, and I think it can serve as a little bit of a transition. Uh, in talking about the offense, um, just <clears throat> breaking down the numbers real quick. Total offense Hawaii, three seventy nine. Albany two thirty nine. We talked a little bit about Albany's numbers, but Hawaii threw it for two sixty six. Uh, season low, but again, in a win. Similar numbers in terms of yards per attempt and yards per completion to the to the last week's uh, to the prior week's loss against Stanford. Six point seven yards per attempt, eleven point six yards per completion. Albany threw it for one fifteen. Albany rushed for 124. Hawaii 113, by far their best rushing output of the season. 33.1 yards per carry on 37 runs. Um, we talked about the penalties. Hawaii 19 first downs to Albany's 15. Hawaii 7 of 17 on third down. 2 of 4 on fourth down. 
there. Uh, four of six in the red zone. I'd like to boost that number up a little bit, right? Even if it's just field goals, time of possession. Hoy had it for a little over 33 minutes. Albany for about 25 and a half minutes. Um, I like it now. They they take into account like the special teams time and stuff like that. Yep. It doesn't always add up to 60 these days. Um, Shager, 23 of 40, 266 yards. We talked about four touchdowns, but three picks. Um, don't love that. Sacked five times. Don't love that either. That's now 11 total in the last two games. 11 total sacks in the last two games. Uh, Jordan Johnson, Najee Bryant, Lele, good to have them back. Uh, 11 carries, 76 yards for Johnson, a long of 28. Najee Bryant, Lele grinded out 35 yards on eight carries. Tylen Hines, 30 yards on four rushes. Um, and also had a catch that lost two yards. Solovai Pulu, one carry, neg- uh, net zero yards. And he also had two grabs for 15 yards. Uh, eight different guys caught a pass, six receivers in addition to Heinz and Vaipulu. Ophelia Ashlock, four receptions, 74 yards. Stephen McBride, seven grabs, 72 yards, two touchdowns. Jonah Ponoke, also a guy back in the lineup, four catches, 47 yards, a touchdown to get things going. Jalen Walthall, two receptions, 45 yards, and maybe the best touchdown grab you'll see all season. Yeah. Uh, just, just ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, on a one-handed grab over his right shoulder. And then a backflip. To haul in what was a huge play at the time um, that really kind of shifted a bit of the momentum. Quali Nisha guy, two catches, eight yards. Nick Seneca, one reception, seven yards. And Alex Perry, a uh, solid game for him, four grabs, 43 yards there. Um, the offense was not guilt-free when it came to the penalties. Um, five more sacks, 11 total in the last two games. They got to get that pass protection going a little bit. They ran the ball a little bit better, but didn't necessarily run it in the nitty-gritty third and short, fourth and short. Uh, a couple of times on fourth and short, couldn't get the job done. And so that's not just on the line. That's not just on, you know, certain individuals or anything like that. But you had the sense that they they felt like they could have done a lot better and left a bit out there as well, even though they were able to put up 17 in the first half, 14 in the second half again about you know over four scores a game over 30 um for the second time this season always a good sign there move the ball down the field at times with some nice rhythm and some nice tempo and then kind of got stuck in neutral at times as well kind of a similar story to what we've seen so far this season but uh what do you think of uh, the offensive output um Yeah, you know, I'm thinking immediately just of those three picks and kind of going through them in my head right now. The first one uh, looked like it was either um, a flattened out corner or a burst out Jordan on the sideline Mm -hmm. that they were wanting that ball certainly on uh, on the numbers uh, between the numbers and the hash. And it looked like um, it just wasn't there. And I'm pretty sure Mark Venary's vantage point was a little bit better said that he did get hit um, while he was throwing that one. So I think we can attribute that one to uh, the pressure. The second one was an attempted screen to Solo Vipulu and a phenomenal defensive effort by either that linebacker or that D lineman from Ubalbany. So tip of the cap, that's a, you know, that's a division one effort right there. Um, And then the third one was a miscommunication between Shager and Alex Perry. I think he was looking for him to sit it down and uh, uh, Alex Perry was busy blocking. <laughs> um, and so I've I've uh, just observed that, again, from our vantage point on the sideline. They're still working the kinks out of the run and shoot and the versatility of some of these route concepts based off of what the defense is throwing at them. So it's early in the season. We're still figuring out um, how to run this offense, what this offense is. Again, we... We came out uh, swinging against Vandy with a tight end. You know, uh, Grayson Morgan was a a big time part of our effort in that game, and uh, he's been hurt. So we're kind of leaning on a handful of guys that uh, really didn't see much of any time against Vandy. And um, if you ask me, Jordan, that Vanderbilt game is the best that Hawaii's looked all season uh, from an offensive standpoint. Um, with an exception to the way that we ran the ball this last week against uh, U Albany, a uh, handful of guys 
getting significant yardage for us. Uh, great to see Jordan Johnson out there again. Uh, kind of scratching my head, wondering why didn't we use him at all the first two games? But uh, um, at practice, they had him over at scout team. My only thought there was with uh, maybe the projected depth of our running back room you know let's just say everybody was healthy you got Tylen Hines you got Najee Bryant Lalay and uh you had um uh Sims back there as well Sims got hurt Najee Bryant Lalay got hurt and you throw in their solo Vipulu maybe they were projecting and I don't know this as fact or anything but maybe they were hoping to use uh Jordan Johnson's uh red shirt this season so that they could have him uh in years to come uh that, that's my my only thought there um because man he's electric a uh, little bit bigger than Tylen Hines uh and kind of that happy medium between uh Tylen Hines and Najee Bryant Lalay uh, in terms of running style so um, I bring all that up because we got to run the ball, Jordan. We, we have to do a little bit on the ground to create space in the air. Uh, they don't call it the run and shoot for nothing. It's, uh, you, you can't get one without the other. And, um, that usually goes hand in hand with our offensive lines ability, to create space for our running game and create time for our passing game. So again, I thought it was a, a decent effort in the air. Um, we got to be better um, as, as quarterbacks, you look at 23 for 40, that's not a good day. That's not a good day at the shop. And you throw in there, the three picks. Yeah. We got four tugs in there, but um, it's still not what it could have been against a, an FCS school. I mean, um, another school in our conference, Utah State, hung 76 on Idaho State this last weekend. Um, that was what we were wanting. That that's we wanted this offense to have kind of a coming out party, but it seems like we're um, we're still in process, Jordan. I think that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, it's still very much. It, it was a weird weekend. Uh, it was a good weekend for FCS schools for the most part. Uh, Eastern Washington took Fresno State to double overtime uh, a week after Fresno went to Purdue and beat the Boilermakers. So, you know, look, Eastern Washington's a really good program in the big sky. Um, we know that. I think Albany's going to be pretty decent right near miss there. Idaho kind of just stomped Nevada, uh, another big sky program, right? At home. At, at, in Reno. Yeah. The the craziest, they won 33 to 6. Um, there, I'm not sure what's going on um, at Nevada. We'll 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 probably talk about them as the season goes on. But the craziest part about that was uh, Idaho was favored in the game. Like they were favored before the game started. Uh, they were four and a half point favorites, and then covered that comfortably. Kind of weird. I digress a little bit here. Um, yeah, they're just it, it. It still seems like they're they're going uphill a little bit on offense, right? They're the quick rhythm easy high percentage tempo throws it's still a missing element i think for this offense and, and part of that is execution part of that is is comfort part of that is experience and reps in the system and and seeing how it's supposed to be done and, and getting comfortable and, and getting shager to see that as well as the receivers um and they were kind of Force to go four wide. Interestingly enough, that's the game where they run for their best output. I get it. You got to put the caveat right. It, it was Stanford a week before, Vandy the yep. week prior, and then then you Albany here. We mentioned tough, tough defense, but, but they're just size wise, they're just not the same as, right. as playing a Power Five school. And so, it's it's an offense. I think that it's still trying to figure out exactly how they want to attack, right? How they want to go about it. Um, you know, as as Coach Chang kind of gets into it, right? And and for a run and shoot team, it's like, hey, do we wanna do we wanna get super specific every week where it's like we wanna we want a game plan based off of a defense and hey, we're we're gonna kind of cater to that, or we're gonna run our stuff and we're gonna be really good at what our stuff is, you know, and and just go out and ex out execute them as opposed to trying to maybe 
confuse the defense a little bit, right? Show the defense something they haven't shown or, or try to get too, too specific to the matchup as opposed to, hey, look, these are our concepts. This is how we run them. And we're going to run them to the cows come home. Uh, and we're just going to out-execute you even if you know what's coming. Um, and so they're, they're, they're different offensive thoughts, right? Different offensive philosophies. I, I think Coach Chang is still – it's like they're going to be growing pains. Yeah. I think he's been very candid about that in trying to develop and, and, and grow into that play caller position all the while managing the rest of all the responsibilities that come with being a head coach. And so you knew that there were going to be growing pains. You love that they come in a win. It's always nicer to kind of go through the learning experiences and also pick up a win on the other side. Um, but I, I, my benchmark for the most part, the Oregon game is going to be its own deal. New Mexico State's coming in in a couple of weeks' time. I, again, I think that's a pretty pretty quality football team. Uh, a game that Hawaii should win, but it's not going to be an easy opponent. But for me, the first five weeks are kind of that that growth period for this group. Yeah. And then come September 30th against UNLV, like they'll, they'll, they better have it figured out by then for the most part in, in kind of what they go. And they got a couple more weeks to do that um, in my own kind of mind as to how yeah. the timeline should play out, um, where once you get into conference play and you hit those final eight games, with UNLV on the 30th being Mountain West game number one, that's when things have to be refined a little bit, right? They have to be a bit more focused and they, they got a couple more weeks. They're about halfway through the non-conference. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's a good call, Jordan. Uh, it's always a tale of two seasons, right? With Hawaii non-conference and then conference, uh, just in terms of who we match up better with, uh, who we become, how we play, who's healthy, all of that. Um, I do want to say just for uh, an understanding and educational uh, standpoint for all of those listening, um, our offense is needing to be creative right now in a few different ways. Uh, when you consider the injuries, um, Pinoke, uh, our probably mainstay, I think that's fair to say, besides Pafeli Ashlock in terms of production, Jonah Pinoke is our go-to receiver Shager feels the most comfort with him. Um, and let's not forget he's the last remaining receiver from the Rolo era. So he, besides Kuali Nishigaya is the only receiver on this offense with any kind of prior run and shoot experience, how to run these routes, when to sit down, when to make certain reads uh, that matters. It matters big time in this offense. And he's, um, unfortunately been uh been banged up and kind of injury prone so really hoping that he can uh, kind of get healthy really before conference and that goes for guys like cam stone um and uh um a, a handful of others that are just kind of banged yeah up yeah right yeah fully Silo right was also yeah cut yeah, off it, uh, right around the logan taylor injury so th there's some guys that that need to heal up for sure yeah. And then, you know, from uh, a pass protection standpoint, that's the entire reason we're even flirting with having solo Vipulu in the backfield right now is we can't stop pressure. <laughs> um, we need another offensive lineman literally in the backfield to keep our quarterback from getting hit. That's the whole reason he's back there. We aren't impressed with his ability to run the ball or to catch screen passes. Uh, we are trying to find a way in some ways from uh, the ship leaking water um, in a very critical part of the ship, which is pass protection. So um, our coaching staff is kind of uh, straddled with uh, a few very challenging situations on this team and uh, we're, we're still trying to be successful through it. So I, I think I just wanted to throw that out there to uh, describe what's actually happening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something to keep our eye on this week as well. Um, look, Hawaii's going to be a big underdog and we'll talk about Oregon here in just a second, but to, to get something out of this game will be big. Uh, in terms of that offensive growth, I think, whether it comes against Oregon's ones or Oregon's threes, uh, get some offensive growth out of this football game. Uh, and I think it'll go a long, long way uh, against a, a really good, really good opponent in Oregon that's top 15 in the country and has national championship aspirations. All right. Uh, pro prolonged uh, first half here. I had a lot to talk about even after a win uh, here against Albany. We'll take a break and then come back 
for the second half here on episode 107. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, second half time here on Hawaii Football Now, episode 107. Jordan Hunter back with you. A trip to Eugene coming up this Saturday for a meeting with number 13, Oregon. 2 p.m. Hawaii kickoff time. ESPN Honolulu's got you covered. Uh, John and Mark Veneri will be up there at Odson Stadium. Uh, Television-wise, it's on the Pac-12 network uh, for your viewing pleasure. Oregon at last check. This is Wednesday morning just before 8 o'clock. Uh, Oregon 38 point favorites, uh, the total 69 and a half in this ball game. Um, my early guess after the Albany game Saturday night before the Lions hit was 42 and a half. Uh, so I uh, maybe overestimated it just a little bit. Eighth ever meeting. Um, and I think folks would be interested to learn the series four to three. Oregon just leads the series four to three over time. A lot of those results came eons ago. Uh, UH is one of the last matter, meetings. It don't matter. That's right. Hey, a chance to tie up the series here. UH is one of the last three meetings in the series, including the last matchup in 1994, September 10th, 1994. Uh, Hawaii winning that one by 20. Um, UH winning the last meeting in Eugene, 24 21, right? One of the more famous wins in program history, uh, September 5, 1992. Um, it's going to be a tough test. The Ducks are 2-0 under second-year head coach Dan Lanning. Uh, they got a Heisman hopeful quarterback in Bo Nix. Uh, pull out a tough one. Kind of really had to eke it out at Texas Tech in Lubbock last weekend, 38-30. to Bo Nix, the Pac-12 player of the week after throwing for 359 and two touchdowns. Uh, receiver Troy Franklin uh, and running backs Bucky Irving, Noah Whitting Whittington, um, the main weapons for that Oregon offense. They love to throw it to Irving and Whittington as well. Ducks 10 and three last year, seven and two in the PAC 12 won the holiday bowl, defeating North Carolina. Uh, what kind of opportunity is this for UH Hunter? Um, this is one of those um, recruiting games that you sell to your guys, uh, you know, a year ago, two years ago on, Hey, you come play for Hawaii, you're going to get an opportunity to go up and play against the O. Um, two years, you know, last season was get a chance to go up and play Michigan. Um, these are those high ticket, um, blue chip college football experiences that uh, you tell your kids about one day. Um, we played against Oregon, uh, got to see what that stadium is like. Uh, I think it goes without saying you go up and play Oregon, you get to go and visit the Nike headquarters, probably get a VIP experience uh, there. Um, and those listening are like, well, what about the football game? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's one thing, but this is one of those, you know, those rare times that it goes beyond just football. Um, it's an opportunity for our guys on our team to get that kind of, first class um experience that goes beyond uh the perimeters of the field so all of the guys are excited i i know it i'll just speak for them uh, even if it means that we're going to go up there and uh probably you know get it handed to us a little bit against the ducks um it it doesn't really matter um what does matter is um uh being a team and those experiences and those memories uh that's what really matters. And on top of that, I'm sure Hawaii's probably getting a nice little paycheck from Oregon as well. That's usually what happens against these huge power five schools. So um, when it comes down to our team, um, I think this is a, ironically a great opportunity for uh, Shager to find uh, quickness, getting rid of the football quick. Um Getting those short passes, Jordan. Uh, another thing that usually happens whenever you play really, really fast in athletic schools, which I I think is stereotypical for Oregon teams. Mm -hmm. That's just you know what we know about them. We're gonna see man coverage. Uh, they're they're gonna line up man to man across the board and say, "Show us what you got." And I would love for us to have um, you know a couple of double move packages uh for our outside guys um see if 
we can't catch them getting greedy because the other thing that happens against big time power five schools whenever they play teams like us is they look at it as a um, a stat padding game or a film game that they're trying to get on film and uh, go and have kind of a career stat day. And so guys will be aggressive. Um, they will be trying to turn the ball over, make plays, be the star. Um, this uh, outside of that game against Portland State, they, they've got us circled in somewhat of a similar category. And so I wonder if there's an ability for Hawaii to be a little strategic there on offense. Um, and uh, again, on defense, we'll be doing uh, well to keep uh, Bo Nix under 350. Um, he's a Heisman hopeful, uh, top 10 quarterback in the whole country. Uh, what else can you say? Um, also, heck of a year for uh, the Pac-12 to announce that it's kind of closing because they have more teams in the top 25 than any other conference, which yeah. is hilarious. Um, there's there literally you can check it right now. More than the got eight teams in the, yeah. in the rankings. Wild. Um, and uh, Oregon, I think, is in that upper echelon of those teams with their number 13 overall ranking right now. Uh, depending on how it goes between them, Washington, and USC, we might even be talking about a CFP contender uh, this weekend, too. So I think for Hawaii, might be a good opportunity to see what some of those um, those guys in the ranks, like what we were talking about earlier, what they can provide, because, uh, hey, we won't have number 16 out there. So, uh, you know, we're looking at guys like uh, Noah Kema, Nalu Emerson, and then obviously Isaiah Tufanga to uh, pick up the slack and um, see what they can go out there and uh, and execute. So it provides an opportunity for many different things, Jordan, but those are just a few that I kind of have my mind on. It's a great, great opportunity. Um, Hawaii's last win over a Power 5 team, Oregon State 2019. Um, remember that magical season, right? Opened against Arizona with a win and then also beat Oregon State that year. Um, Hawaii 11 and 47 all time versus nationally ranked teams, just one in 20 on the road. And that lone win coming against number 22 Fresno State way back in 2008. UH's last road slash neutral field win against a Pac 12 opponent was uh, in 2009 when they defeated Washington State. Uh, since then, Hawaii losing 11 straight. Of course, that game was played at uh, Old Quest Field, uh, in Seattle, now Lumen Field. Uh, I always think of it as Quest, uh, home of the Seahawks there. Uh, I'm with you. I think it's a great opportunity for this program to go play in that atmosphere, one of the loudest environments in all of college football. <clears throat> Some great, great tradition there. And uh, a chance to to go compete against the really high-caliber opponent. I think if we see some improvement on that offense again, even if, remember, Michigan late, right? The offense, we, we saw a little bit of the running game get going in the second half. A guy like Tyler Hines broke out. Uh, and they were able to parlay that into in some success down the road. Um, all right. Uh, score prediction here, Hunter. What do, what do you got? Last uh -oh. week it was... Um, Sorry, I erased the number on uh, on last week's game. I got to go find it again. But uh, sorry, what, what's your uh, what's your prediction here? Um, I'm going to go 56-13, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Seems seems like a reasonable reasonable number there. Yeah, I think I think we're going to squeak our way into uh, at least one score and uh, put Shipley in a couple of opportunities to make some field goals. All right. All right. Hey, some, some positive positions where they're scoring will be good. No doubt about that. Any other thoughts, Hunter, uh, before we hit a little bit of our uh, two minute drill to close this thing out? Yeah, um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, just with uh, where the Mountain West is at right now. Um, this is a favorable year for Hawaii with you look at our schedule um, and you look at the strength or I, I say that tongue in cheek because it's actually more the weakness of the Mountain West this season. It's still all out there, Jordan. It, it can feel dismal right now with what we've seen from University of Hawaii. But um, I look at the looking ahead towards schedule because we're only two, uh, 
excuse me, three weeks away from uh, the start of Mountain West Conference play for us. And when you look at it and the the if we get our job, if we handle business against New Mexico State in uh, in one week time, that would get us to two wins. We only need four more to backdoor our way into a bowl game. And again, the, the games on our schedule that I have circled as must wins in our conference play, we got to beat Colorado State at the end of the year. Um, Nevada, unfortunately, the Wolfpack is without a doubt the weakest team in our conference right now. Uh, the other one is New Mexico on October 21st at New Mexico. We we don't tend to play well on the road, but we need that win against New Mexico. Um, if we get those three victories, that's five. We only need one more win. One more. Um, I look at that uh, UNLV uh, trip. That one's going to be critical for us. Um, that one's going to be tough. Um, San Diego State. Uh, that's a home game. We can beat those guys. They're not a very high productive offense. Uh, if we get some things going on offense, we we certainly could win that game. Um, it's going to be tough against Shevin Cordero, who is having a great year right now over at San Jose. That that homecoming game is going to be challenging. Going to be challenging against Air Force and challenging against Wyoming. But I bring all of that up just to hopefully. Um, you know, kind of bruised some optimism on we're just getting started here at the beginning of this season. There's still a lot in front of us and it's not over. I, I like the way that we kind of are positioned with some of the other schools uh, that we'll kind of find where we um, where we're kind of slated in a, in a few weeks time, Jordan. It's, it's a year where Hawaii is, or at least any team really, can find themselves in position to make a run in that conference, I think. Um, and it's it's not that far off, right? We're just a couple of weeks away, basically, from the start of conference. And a big one on the road that I think will be a huge tone setter uh, against an improved UNLV team come September 30th. No doubt about that. All right, wrapping things up real quick here. Um, a little two-minute drill to get us out. Did want to remind everybody, if you haven't already seen it, uh, ESPN Honolulu is the official radio partner for this campaign, but the Luna Strong campaign, uh, Downtown Athletic Club of Hawaii announcing last week, uh, fundraising campaign for Lahaina Luna student athletes and coaches displaced by the Lahaina wildfires um, was launched. Uh, Downtown Athletic Club of uh, uh, Hawaii with uh, $325,000 in monetary donations to get the fund started. Uh, and then numerous other in-kind donations. We mentioned ESPN Honolulu is the official radio partner of the Luna Strong campaign, AIO Media and AIO Digital, official magazine digital partners as well. Um, you know, Lionel Linda's got about 450 student athletes, Many, of, most of them affected, uh, many of them, you know, losing a lot in the fires as well. Number of Lionel Linda coaches, same thing, lost homes. Um, they've gotten partnerships from a ton of different local businesses to help and, and individuals and foundations to help replace equipment, uh, to help fund uh, other things, fund travel for any teams that qualify for the state tournament. Uh, they're selling Luna Strong t-shirts uh, through Say Design, a Maui-based company. Uh, you can check out the Downtown Athletic Club of Hawaii website, downtownathleticclubhawaii.org uh, that has all the details. Um, but uh, they've also gotten donation marcus mariota has donated football cleats uh to all varsity junior varsity football players also donated some cash to the lahan football program uh the elani classic and nike donating basketball shoes uh, and other basketball supplies for both the boys and girls program shane victorino covering softball cleats and baseball cleats on other equipment for the baseball and softball players mark rolfing uh coming through with golf equipment and supplies to the boys and girls golf teams uh young brothers donating for shipping containers for storage uh, Hawaiian Airlines, Pagoda Hotel, Enterprise, Rent-A-Car, and Zippies uh, have committed to covering all state tournaments, airfare, lodging, ground transportation, and meal costs for any Lahaina Luna teams that make it over to Oahu for any state tournaments. Uh, and again, they've, they've, they've been getting monetary donations, other in-kind donations, um, partnering up with uh, the Hawaii Community Foundation, the OIA, helping out as well, the Oahu Interscholastic League, uh, Central Pacific Bank, Bank of Hawaii, American Savings Bank, First Hawaiian Bank, and Hawaii Pacific Health as well. Um, helping to get that fund started 
And again, you can check out everything at the Downtown Athletic Club of Hawaii website. Love that ESPN Honolulu is involved as well. And if you feel compelled, you can go ahead, check that out. Uh, as the Lunas have not necessarily gotten back on the field yet, uh, tomorrow kind of a big day as they're starting uh, at their temporary campus and then uh, expect to see them back on the athletic fields um, shortly thereafter. Uh, so uh, shout out to Downtown Athletic Club of of Hawaii, shout out to ESPN Honolulu, the rest of their corporate and um, sponsors. Keith Amamiya, huge driving force behind that as well. So wanted to uh, to kind of leave everybody with that as we close out this week's episode. We'll give you the final word, Hunter, before we head on out of here. Man, tough to beat that, Jordan. And uh, I was going to talk about uh, how Aaron Rodgers is not on the Green Bay Packers any longer, and yet they still own our Bears. So rather than yeah. go there... Let's keep our final words on a positive note with uh, the extended family helping Lahaina because there's not much positive about what the Bears are doing. No, no. Somebody asked me if I was disappointed. I was like, no. Did anybody expect that to play out any other way? Absolutely not. If you're not Bears fans, um, go ahead. Go support the Lunas and the Luna Strong Fund uh, if you can. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We hope to get back on YouTube soon. We promise. Uh, if not, uh, check us out on all the other platforms. Spread the word. Let your friends know as well. All right. Big thanks to Jonathan, our guy on the controls. Big thanks to uh, Spectrum Mobile, OAUSA Federal Credit Union, as well as Battery Bill for sponsoring this episode. Shout out to my guy Hunter there. We'll see you all next week right here on Hawaii Football Now. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Helley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.